0: Bill Arnold, I can hardly wait for this hour. Um, being joined today by Dr. Peter Capster, and we're going to have a wonderful hour with the Reverend Canon J. John Peter. I don't know about you, but I can't wait for this hour.
1: Yeah, especially with the topic that we're going to cover today, Bill, I think as we've talked with Jay John over all of these different months, uh, it's always so good. And and, and this one in particular, when we start talking about bearing false witness and the different ways we do that, oh, wow, I think it's going to really intersect with a lot of our lives.
0: Yeah, so we're going to talk about how to hold to the truth, and it's going to be a, a great hour uh canon jay john is all the way over in the uk and he spends all of his energy organizing evangelistic events and projects he equips christians to naturally share their faith of which he's a, a master at he also loves to mentor evangelists and he also produces a whole lot of books and resources to help people in their journey of faith always glad to have him on jay john welcome back
2: Thank you, Bill. Always great to be back with you and Peter. Thank you for having me on the program. Yeah, we always have so much fun together, and
0: I I love just the energy we have enjoying each other's company, and then we also happen to be on the radio, so it's kind of win-win.
2: Absolutely. I call it sacred synergy.
0: (laughs) I love that. So we're going to talk today about the Ninth Commandment, you shall not lie, and I know uh, we're going to cover the three different types of false testimony and then how to hold on to truth. So Maybe you can get us started by talking about uh, some
2: of the types of false testimony. Absolutely. Well, Bill, we live in a world of truth decay. And James in the Bible, in James chapter 3, verse 5, writing 2,000 years ago, said that the tongue, even though only a small part of the body, could do enormous damage. And for 2000 years, millions of tongues have proved the truth of that statement. Now, the ninth commandment reads, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Exodus 20, verse 16. So here's the truth about lying. Those in the teaching profession will certainly have met parents who are sufficiently naive to defend their child who has been caught blatantly lying with words like, my child never lies, they always tell the truth. Well, a diplomatic teacher sent this note home to all the parents. If you promise not to believe everything your child says happens at school, I'll promise not to believe everything they say happens at home. (laughs) I love that. That is so good. Bette Midler, the actress, wrote, I never know how much of what I say is true. And Lady Gaga wrote, I'm telling you a lie in a vicious effort that you will repeat my lie over and over until it becomes true. Mm. I think that the downward spiral in journalistic standards over the years is astonishing. Facts aren't always checked, sources go unnamed, corrections needn't always be published and opinions masquerade as news. Now, of course, there is good news, but sadly, there is some very bad press. And we have the phrase being economical with the truth. And it's been said that truth has only to exchange hands a few times to become fiction. A lie doesn't become truth, wrong doesn't become right, and evil doesn't become good just because it is accepted by the majority the basic message of the ninth commandment is tell the truth and specifically relating to other people um so that would be my little intro to this um before i highlight some of the ways that we shouldn't do it um but how does that? stimulate your thinking bill peter
0: well peter i'll let you go first cuz um i've got some thoughts but i'd like you to step in first
1: yeah boy you said a lot there jay john i think um th- the subtle manipulation of truth is one of the things as you were talking about journalistic standards or the lady gaga quote i we we live in a society where there's probably more manipulation of truth going on uh than there is actual truth i think
2: yes i yeah i agree with that peter
0: And I thought the teacher's comment uh, was cute and Lady Gaga's comment was evil. And uh, even thinking about the way in which the rules have changed with how we do uh, communication discourse. You know, all you have to do is say something and then I just call you a hater or I say that you're a racist or I say I do some kind of name calling just to shut down discourse.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And the the Bible uh, bill warns us against three types of false testimony. If I can just highlight those. The first is gossip. What is gossip? Gossip is hearing something you like about someone you don't. (laughs) It's the speedy (laughs) transmission of near factual information. It isn't the things that go in one ear and out of the other that hurt as much as the things that go in one ear get all mixed up and then come out of the mouth. And today, gossip is the fuel that drives many television talk shows, newspapers and magazines. And it's amazing how a gossip can give you all the details without knowing the facts. Gossip seems to travel fastest over grapevines that are slightly sour. And we often talk about hearing juicy gossip or what is the goss? And when people say, I probably shouldn't tell you this, why don't we reply, well, then I guess you better not. (laughs) (laughs) But instead we're like, well, what is it? Tell me. So the Bible warns us against gossip. Secondly, the Bible warns us against slander. Now, the sight of a battered reputation doesn't disturb some people who would faint at the sight of blood. Slander is malicious untruth with the intention of doing harm, trying to discredit someone. And we can ruin someone's reputation with one word, the word but, you know, he's great, but, you know, she's popular, but, and have you ever heard someone say, well, I better not say anything. It is not just what we say verbally. 58% of children have been hurt or bullied by words said to them over the internet. Insinuation, If you only knew what I know. an insinuation is where you make a statement that leads people to think that something is not true, Hmm. to encourage people to jump to the wrong conclusion. So we provide the building blocks and let them construct the lie themselves. And we're warned against that. And thirdly, We're warned against flattery. Now, flattery is insincere praise. We compliment somebody, but we don't mean it. And flattery is an artificial sweetener. But flattery that gets us nowhere is the kind we listen to. And Proverbs 26, verse 28 says, flattery causes ruin. So the question that arises is why do we say things to people when we don't really mean it when employees flatter their bosses with the intention of gaining a promotion or a salary raise they break this commandment and so on so they're the three things that i've observed in the bible that warns us against bill
0: well we could spend uh, way more time chatting about each one of these and i'd like to keep talking about them um Peter you had a pastor friend uh, that said something about gossip I thought was very interesting I still remember it
1: yeah it it was um i it, it really struck me at the time Jay John when he said it he said, of course moral failure among church leadership is enough to take down a church and and it's devastating to the church but then he made the comment that probably far more common is something like gossip among both the leadership and also the congregation tends to be that which divides and ultimately brings down a church way more often than than a public moral failure does.
2: Yeah and and don't uh, we have examples of that in in the book of acts right there in the beginning the selling of the field and the lying about it. I mean what would happen if if God decided that he would strike down everyone that lied how many of us would be standing none of us well and i I just think even sometimes and you
1: bring up gossip i think sometimes in our prayer request when we're maybe in a small group or a team of people i I don't know if you've ever experienced where prayer requests are are sort of masquerading as gossip as, as a subtle way in which to share some news i i i probably have been guilty of that myself
2: I know. and Yeah. Uh, Can I share something with you for prayer? Yes. Yes. That's how we uh, we kind of present it. Yes. (laughs) It's a challenge, isn't it, Peter?
1: It is. Well, it's so subtle. And, you know, I don't know why we don't talk about it maybe more often than we do about how to move from that place uh, of gossip and and what is appropriate sharing with one another versus, boy, I have some dirt. I think I'm going to look better because I have information that you don't have. (laughs) I know.
2: But why Why do you think, Bill, we don't call people out when we it's obvious that it's slander, it's gossip, hmm. it's flattery? Why do you think we don't say anything?
0: Because us, many of us don't like conflict. We don't like being the morality police. We don't like being the, the one that's, you know, always trying to say, well, let me correct you on that, because I don't think anybody likes that. So I think we're reluctant to do it. But yeah we we, yeah. we do need to be better at saying i think it was Socrates maybe he had his three point test uh regarding gossip do you do you're well I'm sure you're both aware of that you know is is what you're about to tell me do you know it to be true and the person said well i I, I think it's true and then he said, well let me ask you the second question do you know that it's uh, gonna be helpful to me yes. you you know that three questions that they asked. I can't think of the third one. Does it uh, make the person look good or bad? Yes. So in other words, what you're about to say, you don't know if it's true. It's going to make the person look bad and it's not going to be helpful to me in any way. Why are you telling me it?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great reminder.
0: And I never thought when I woke up today, I'd be trying to quote
1: Socrates. So I'm pretty, pretty, pretty no, pleased with myself. That's very
2: <laughs> impressive. That
1: was, those are three more points from Socrates that I've never heard. So that was really, really impressive.
0: But I, I love Peter's question about praying and how you can be tempted to bring up subjects regarding people in the context of, we need to pray uh, for someone. And I, and I sometimes wonder why don't we just go to prayer and if, It's on your heart to pray for somebody in prayer. Pray for them. I think it would cut down on some of the gossip.
2: Yes. Yeah, definitely.
1: I think so too, Bill. And I think that uh, you can always ask people for permission to share if you have information maybe about their health or a, a tough relational situation, but to share somebody else's life story or something going on within their life I, without their permission, I think really does violate some things within our community.
0: Mm-hmm. Jay John, I'd love uh, for you to talk about slander a little bit more because I understand, you know, when we talk about the power of the tongue, I, I understand right away how easy it is to uh, destroy somebody with your tongue
2: using slander. Oh, yeah. So, and so much character assassination actually does take place and we kind of encourage it and almost we fuel it because if we don't pull it back it just grows and um you know i know many times over the years i i've been drawn into by someone to have a conversation about someone and they are basically wanting me to say something negative about them. You know, I I, I don't know, I may not even know them. I don't know the details of what's happened in their church or their leadership. But, you know, we. I think we make things worse. And I think we need to kind of say, look, no, it's not right to do this. Like, but like you said, Bill, I think we, you know, we tend to avoid confrontation and we don't want to engage with it but maybe it's, maybe we need to do that more yeah i, I
0: agree uh ken and Jay john is our guest we're going to continue uh talking about the ninth commandment and how to hold to the truth dr peter kapsner and i are always so happy to have uh, uh J. john with us we'll be back after a short break So glad to have Ken and J. John with, our, with us today as our guest. Uh, Dr. Peter Capster and I are talking to him about the Ninth Commandment, You Shall Not Lie. It happens to be in his book, The Ten Commandments, God's Timeless Values for Life Today. You can go check that out at Amazon. Uh, Jay John is our guest. And last segment we were talking, uh, Jay John, you talked about the expression using the word but. And it's like, well, he's doing a great job, but and that gives you an open door to gossip. I think that m- might come from a place of uh, insecurity, or why do we add that but, and then what after comes after the butt part? I know, and it does, doesn't
2: it? Yeah, it does. I. And the thing is this, that you know, now that we've had this conversation, tomorrow you're we'll kind of be more aware of it. Yes. But it happens more frequently than we think it does it's like the maybe you've spoken about something you're more aware of it well i the big question isn't it bill i suppose how do we hold to the truth which is what the ninth commandment is encouraging us to do and and i would suggest the the following the first thing is i need to examine my own heart and peter needs to examine his heart and Bill needs to examine his heart and everyone who's tuned in, we each have to examine our own heart. And Jesus said in Matthew 12, verse 34, whatever is in your heart determines what you say. The human heart. We read in Jeremiah 17, verse nine, the human heart is most deceitful and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I know, I, the Lord God, search all hearts and examine secret motives. What a challenging scripture that is. Have you ever said, I'm so surprised I said that it's not really like me. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, the truth is, it is like you because our words reveal who we really are. What motivates us to lie? One of the reasons is because we don't want to take responsibility for the things we do. We are afraid of what might happen if we do tell the truth. The disease of BSE is widespread. BSE, blame someone else. And it began in the Garden of Eden and has affected and infected every descendant of Adam and Eve since. The main reason we lie is because we want to put our own interests above everything else, including truth. So I think the first thing, uh, Bill, Peter, we need to do is that we need to examine our own heart. Hmm. Jay John,
1: have you had experiences where you are unsure of your motives, but then you do spend some time in prayer and asking God to reveal some of those things. And it does seem to surface. I know in my own life, when I've asked those questions, suddenly thoughts come into my mind or ideas come in and think, oh gosh, I'm probably operating out of that motive. And I wasn't even aware of it. God, God really does reveal those motives of our heart. If we're willing to
2: ask him to do that. Yeah, Peter you're so right you know what I I've I found um, I, I get various mainly preachers evangelists because obviously that's what I am wanting to come and see me and um, I normally send them three questions and depending on their answers to their questions I'll decide if I see them I mean well that sounds a bit arrogant well what I mean is I can't spend all my day seeing people um, but when they they come and i speak to them Uh, so many of them have mixed motives you know there's another agenda they, they didn't come from my advice they came for my connections mm. they want me to open a door and the more i've observed it in others the more critical i've become of myself mm. like oh lord i i don't want to have mixed motives i really don't want to have an another agenda when I see someone, you know. I just want to keep in step with your spirit. So the more I've seen it in others, the more I I hate the thought that I <laughs> might have an ounce of it.
1: Because <laughs> I've networked too in the past, and I've actually wondered at times, Jay John, if that is a practice that we should do as believers, because we are maybe not being as straightforward as we think we should be in a relationship when we think, gosh. Who who can I talk to or who can I become friends with that might help me advance whatever it is that I want to advance, my vocation, my relationships? I mean, I would say at the very least, we need to be forthright with people, right, if we're going to do the networking thing, because it, it happens all the time in Christian and in non-Christian settings.
2: Yeah, I suppose that's the key, isn't it, Peter? Look, if we're all honest, then there's nothing to worry about. Right. We've got nothing to hide. <laughs> You know, so if you are wanting to meet someone because you want to meet someone else, we'll just be upfront about it. Well,
1: after five years of relationship with Bill, I'm finally going to reveal the truth here <laughs> that it's it's only been about the networking for him, Bill. itself so
0: <laughs> I think it's probably an okay time to take a break, since how I now have eleven million listeners every day.
1: <laughs> and
0: I need to get a chance to regroup, but when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, how to hold to the truth and what to do. Our guest is Canon J. John. You can go learn more about him at canonjjohn.com. J. John, I'm just curious because uh, Ryan's running our board today and and Rosie's not here, but I would love for you to pronounce your Greek name uh, so Ryan can hear it.
2: All right. Well, Ryan... Uh, Great to have you producing the program. As Bill said, I'm Greek. My name in Greek is Yanagis Ioannis. (laughs) So if you translate my Greek name into English, uh, the nearest equivalent is basically John, son of John. Hence, John, John. Hence, J. John. Along with people like C.S. Lewis, D.L. Moody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is
0: P. Capture and V. Arnold. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Dr. Peter Kapschner, uh and I talking to Canon J. John. If you uh, know anything about an evangelist in the UK, you've heard his name before. He's an amazing um, speaker, author, and uh, communicator of God's Word. Always love having him on. We're talking about the Ninth Commandment today. Hold it to the truth, and this came right out of his book called The Ten Commandments, God's Timeless Values for Life Today. And I'd love to spend uh, this part of the hour talking about... How to hold to the truth.
2: Jay John, what do you say? Yes. Well, the first is examine our own hearts. And the second is I and all of us need to refuse gossip. I mean that basically that's it. We've got to refuse gossip. If we listened to ourselves more often, we would talk less. And it's amazing how many people back off when asked for verification for a rumour. You know, have you checked that with a source? Someone might say there's been some talk. Well, who said it? Because we can't evaluate a statement if we don't know where it came from. Honesty means that everything we say must be true, not that everything that is true must be said. And the ninth commandment is not about censorship, but rather about how to build a sense of community that includes discretion, respect and mutual caring. And in any community of people, there are bound to be situations in which it is right to speak up with certain facts and information But the key is hold the truth in love from Ephesians 4, verse 15. In other words, say what you mean, mean what you say, but don't say it mean.
1: Mm.
2: And if you ever have something negative to say about anybody, be sure the answer. And Bill quoted Socrates earlier on, and I had them down in my notes. No oh, wow. Have the answer to these two questions before you say it. Is it true? Will it do anybody any good to say it? The fabric of all healthy relationships is woven with truth and lying tears this fabric apart and destroys confidence and trust in one another. And the reason that truth is so important to God is because truthfulness is part of God's nature. Titus 1, verse 2 God cannot lie. Jesus is truth. Jesus's words are true. Jesus was the truth and spoke the truth. He spoke the truth about God, he spoke the truth about us. And it's fascinating. And I find this really fascinating, Bill, Peter, what Jesus had to say about the devil. He said he has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. John 8, verse 43. So Jesus makes the point that the devil not only speaks lies, but he spreads lies. But God's Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. We decide whom we align ourselves with. Jesus said, you are truly my disciples if you obey my teaching and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. John 8, 32. But. As we said earlier on, we think that the truth is going to confuse things if it comes out. But truth is actually liberating.
0: One of my favorite questions to ask when somebody says, oh, I probably shouldn't be saying this or I want to tell you something. I will usually say, well, before you say it, do I have permission to quote you on this? Whatever you're going to tell me. And usually they go, oh no no no, I don't want you to quote me on it. I just thought you'd be <laughs> okay. interested in hearing it. That usually that's shuts good. people down.
2: That's a good one. I, I I I'll store that one up. No, yeah, put that it's one down. True though. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a challenge, isn't it? You're basically challenging um, authenticity. You know, do you want me to credit what you've just said right. to you?
0: Right. But when you uh, <laughs> when you like gossip and many people are drawn to it because it is juicy that's why they put juicy in front of gossip maybe you can train to avoid gossip by cooking like a sheet of chocolate chip cookies and then not eating one
2: yeah (laughs) i know i know but you know many of us have had lies told about us and and we need to encounter the truth jesus christ and uh, many of us and maybe some of the listeners bill you might still remember hurtful things said to us in the school playground. Uh, the saying sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never harm me. Has there ever been a greater untruth sung in the yeah. playground? That is not a nursery rhyme. It is a nursery crime. Mm. Names do hurt. Broken bones heal quicker than broken spirits. External wounds heal quicker than internal wounds. And the fact is that many of us have been told a lot of lies. And when we look at at a distorted mirror, we see a distorted image of ourselves. And with false information, we arrive at false conclusions. And that's why it is vital that jesus sets us free you know i mean the n- the number of people i've heard who've said to me uh, that one of their parents said to them growing up i wish you'd never been born mm.
1: Mm. wow and
2: that wounds deeply
1: well and just the, the maliciousness with which people speak to one another there to to lie about somebody else uh really does there is that that maliciousness that wounds the spirit in ways that so many other things just simply don't it's how do you handle it jay john as a believer if somebody has been lying about you because i'm sure it's happened to all of us and and to to bear that or to somehow remedy that can be really hard
2: oh yeah absolutely and there was um one particular leader some years ago well i, I I went to this leader to um, confront him about something that I felt regarding someone in the church that was being treated unfairly. And it had nothing to do with me. It wasn't me. I wasn't defending myself. I wasn't defending our ministry. I just felt it was inappropriate. And um, the leaders, you know, obviously became very defensive. Uh, and then later on, I discovered that he was telling lies about me just because mm-hmm. I was trying to defend someone who was helpless. And um, and then I sought some advice about this because obviously I didn't know what to do and I was concerned and there, and all about that, that sort of thing. And interestingly, uh, this senior leader that I consulted for advice, he said, J. John, don't do anything. Just take it to the Lord. Let the mm. Lord sort it out, and um, and I just took it to the Lord, left it with the Lord, um, and in the end, it became obvious that you know I hadn't done what I was supposedly had done.
1: Mm.
2: I think sometimes if we take it into our own hands and we try and you know make a big noise and justify it, it, it I don't know it doesn't doesn't accomplish much.
1: Yeah, I have told I have done that, Jay John, I've been lied about. And and boy, I don't know that I ever have more energy than to go try to correct a lie about myself. And in that energy, it seems like I almost inevitably create more havoc into the situation as opposed to doing what you just did, which maybe is a harder road, but but perhaps the only road to freedom.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, let me say this towards the end of Jesus's life, Jesus became a victim of those who broke the ninth commandment literally. And in the court, many testified falsely against him. Mm-hmm. Aren't you going to answer? Pilate said, see how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still made no reply. Pilate was amazed. That's in Mark 15 verse four. Mm-hmm. The lies they told about Jesus, eventually took his life, but no amount of false witness could smother the truth of his words.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's challenging, Bill. I mean, if we're going to be like Jesus, like we want to be, if we're a follower of Jesus, to be able to bear that is <laughs> that that seems like it requires something otherworldly to be able to do.
0: Yeah. And I was just looking for a verse. I just read it a couple of days ago. It's out of Matthew chapter 27 where it says the next day, the one after Preparation Day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days I will rise again. They're pretty much calling him a liar. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But But, um, oh, Jesus is the truth. He is. Isn't that liberating? Yeah. <laughs> And, mm-hmm. and, and if we align ourselves with Jesus, then we want to follow truth. But if we w- want to tell lies, then we're aligning ourselves with the evil one.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's something about living in the truth where it just really is free, right? That I think about the people that have even said hard truths to me over the years. They're people that I trust implicitly, even though sometimes those things are hard.
2: Yeah, yeah, mm. I know. But it is so liberating the mm-hmm. truth yeah whenever i mean i you know i'm i'm an evangelist rather than a pastor uh but i have on occasions given some pastoral advice to people um and i've always encouraged them to be truthful mm-hmm.
0: so i'm going to take a little break here but when i come back there are a couple of things I, I want to talk about and go over again on how to hold to the truth and one of the things I want to discuss, Jay, John and Peter, is, and we can maybe collectively try to do this as a team, uh, but what are some diagnostic tools to examine our own heart? I think sometimes our hearts are so deceitful, we don't even see the deceit in our heart. Uh, so what are some ways we can sort of examine our heart and then uh, maybe some strategies for how to refuse gossip and really what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Uh, so mm. we'll pick that up after the break, uh, Dr. Peter Kapstner and I are so always thrilled to have uh, Canon J. John on the show. You can go to his website, which is canonjjohn.com. After a short break, we'll be right back. back i hope you're having a great day and if you just tuned in we're talking about the ninth commandment with canon j john uh, out of his book the ten commandments god's timeless values for life today and how to hold to the truth and right before the break i was chatting about maybe we can collectively look at ways that we can do some uh, examination of our own heart sometimes we have blind spots so we don't see stuff so if we try to do an honest evaluation in examining our heart uh how do we go about doing that well
2: well, this is, I'm going to, one sentence, and it begins with this, Bill. The beginning of honesty is the confession of dishonesty. Hmm.
0: Well, we the can stop the program right there. That's honesty.
2: <laughs> The beginning of honesty is the confession of dishonesty. And I, I do, Bill, I really... I I personally believe in, in confession, you know, we pray the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, you know, and sometimes we've got to be aware of the sins that we're asking God to forgive us, and sometimes you've got to highlight them one by one, you know, forgive my thoughts, forgive my words, forgive my actions, forgive you know, and and actually confess them. And there's something cathartic, I find, about doing that.
1: Jay hey John, when you say that about the dishonesty piece, I was thinking back into my early 30s when God convicted me of, of just sort of the subtlety of walking into different social gatherings. And maybe if I was talking to people or talking to the room, there's a bit of subtlety that you can spin some of the information or, or use persuasive kinds of techniques to have people view you more favorably in the room. And, and it's a subtle way to deceive. You're not outright lying, but you are only using words and, and evidence that's going to enhance your own image in the room. And I remember being convicted about that and being willing to be honest about the dishonesty. And then, like you said, earlier in the program, once you become honest about stuff like that, you start becoming really aware of it day in and day out. And and I, I think there's something about the process of change that is exactly what you just said, is is asking God to see those dishonest places in you and to be aware of them and keep taking them back to him.
2: Yes, that's right. Because I think the thing is, and if you're aware of your weaknesses, uh, you're aware of your vulnerabilities, uh, that then you can actually in confession that's the beginning of saying okay i want to strengthen these areas i want to protect these areas and and you we've all got to be very intentional and it's renewing your mind and we have many encouragements don't we from saint paul renew your mind re, you know change your thinking uh, it's so important and you know if we change the way uh, we uh, we view things I think it will change the whole thing.
0: I love the passage in Proverbs out of chapter four, above all else, guard your heart for everything oh, you do flows from it.
2: Absolutely. So the the big challenge there, isn't it, Bill, is uh, how do we guard our hearts? And, um, you know, obviously it, it, being in a marriage or being in a community, being in a, situation where someone can call you out that's quite good isn't it because we all have (laughs) blind spots and the reason the reason we don't know what our blind spots are is because they're called blind spots (laughs) so sometimes you do need someone else to point out your blind spots
1: Do you have suggestions for if people don't have people in their lives that can help point out their blind spots, people that they trust? Do you have suggestions for how to develop that kind of relationship with another person or people?
2: Well, I think, Peter, would you not agree? I I think the closer we are to Jesus, the more aware we are of darkness. Mm -hmm. i think the closer we are to the light of christ the more aware we are of the dirt and the grime and the holy spirit is always searching our hearts and Mm. convicting so i think many many times we are personally aware because it's like we feel uncomfortable you know, you feel uncomfortable about lying, you feel uncomfortable about stealing, you feel uncomfortable about you just feel don't feel at peace. Mm -hmm. And I think frequently, that's because of the work of the Holy Spirit.
1: Yeah, I had a mentor who once said that the closer he got to Jesus, the more spots that he saw. And and yet, there was something he almost was like a little kid in saying it because he had so come to trust Jesus with all of those spots in his life um, that that grace was covering those, even as Jesus was leading him to the truth in those areas. That he was somehow no longer afraid. He didn't like the spots, but he willingly and almost joyfully just kept bringing them to Jesus.
2: Yeah, and and isn't that the good news? The good news of Christianity, mm. the good news of Jesus, is that He welcomes us with all of our um, imperfections. He welcomes us so long as we come humbly. And and maybe back to your question, Bill, we need to come humbly and helpless and always like say, yes, Lord, I'm not all that I should be. I'm much, much better than I used to be, Mm -hmm. but I know what you want me to be. And I'm not there yet, but I come humbly. I feel helpless, but I know you can help me.
0: I wonder sometimes if it wouldn't be helpful for us in our Christian walk to be playful in terms of how we identify ourselves. Like, I could say, "I I like my car clean. I enjoy Western movies. I like golf. I don't listen to dirty jokes or listening to
2: gossip." Yes, that's very good. I like that, yeah. and I like the clean car. Yeah, yeah I gotta have a good. clean
0: car. I know, um, <laughs> but, but you that's, know, if that's
2: good. But I think what you just articulated there is a bit more, hey, this is life. This is life. And as I look at my life, I want a clean car. But however, I'm not going to listen to gossip. Yeah,
0: or or (laughs) dirty jokes. So, I mean, if you have one for me, pass on it because I don't want to hear it.
2: Yeah.
1: It's such a good strategy because it's so uncomfortable, isn't it? When somebody that you know suddenly tips into some sort of joke, you don't really know how to handle it especially if you don't have the kind of relationship where you can just say hey hang on a minute but but to say it up front is that's really helpful actually
2: i know because someone not so long ago said to me oh jay john i've got this story that you can use in a sermon (laughs) i love where this is going
1: (laughs) seriously bill
2: you're not going to believe it when i'm on the road I just get random people telling me random things and I'm like trying to be polite. And I say, like, Oh, okay. This is like, yeah. Okay. And they start telling me something. And then I, I still, I'm not quite getting it. And then I don't really realize how bad it is till it gets to the end. And, and this recent one, I said, don't you realize how inappropriate <laughs> what you've just told me? And there is absolutely no way I'm going to say it in a sermon. I mean, what planet do you live on? (laughs) Bill, I wonder whether today in our kind of society, you know, the Apostle Paul, he said, avoid that which appears evil. Okay, now he didn't say avoid evil, because of course we're going to avoid evil. But Mm. but Paul actually said, avoid that which even could look like it. And years ago, things were far more black and white, whereas today there's a lot of gray. And I think what's happening now is uh, people are swimming in the gray so much, they've absorbed it. Um, Was it J.B. Phillips's translation, don't let the world mold you. And sadly, I think the world has influenced so many people today.
0: Yeah. Paul says in Corinthians, you know, in regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be men, be mature. And I've, J. John, I've had that happen to me a number of times, especially after a performance where someone will come up to me and they'll say, Hey, I got a joke for you. You can use in your show. And I'm thinking, (laughs) then they proceed to tell me the worst joke I've ever heard. And I, I think to myself, did you just hear my show? And somehow you thought this piece of garbage would fit into my hat.
2: (laughs) But it's like that. It's like a thermometer of discernment. And you think way you're way down at the bottom, you know, (laughs) we need more discernment, you know, to be honest, we need more of the Holy presence of Jesus by Mm. his spirit, because his spirit is truth. His spirit will lead us into truth and guide us into truth and, you know that's what we need.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Jay, John, we just have a couple minutes left, and Peter, uh, as we hold on to truth, might even be good advice and counsel is to try to even speak less, listen more.
2: Oh, definitely! <laughs> I mean that <laughs> you summed it up as a nice conclusion. <laughs> yes. Yes. Peter, what do you think? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure you went first,
1: Jay John, because I wanted to listen. He <laughs> never wants to give no, me credit so, first. Oh, it's so true. I just, I, I find myself in conversations waiting for the next chance to say something uh, as opposed to actually listening to another person. And and there's just so much practice in all of this in terms of how we treat one another as people of truth and to really honor one another. It, it I think it bears witness to Christianity, how we talk with one another uh, in truthful kinds of ways. So I, this conversation has been incredibly helpful.
0: It has been. And Jay John, you know, we love you. We love uh, your ministry and your heart. And uh, you have modeled so many amazing things. And by the way, this is not flattery. This is truth um, mm-hmm. that you have, uh, in, I know, inspired me a great deal. And I think you've really touched Peter. And I know our listeners really love you. And this has been a fascinating uh, hour. So thank you so much for taking your time in your evening away from your wife, because I know it's uh, nighttime over in the UK, so we appreciate that.
2: Oh, absolutely, Bill. Always a delight to have this conversation with you and Peter. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much.
0: We'll take a short break and we'll be right back. You can go to canonjjohn.com. We'll be right back.